Good Gab, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. Episode 38. Here we go. Uh, it's an exciting day. Uh, you get to meet the sponsors of Good Gab. It's Skillskin today. Uh, today we have the president and CEO, Brian Beeler, and our CFO, Nicole Laporte. Thanks for joining us. Our pleasure, Spear. Thank you. Looking forward to it. This is episode 38. Holy smokes. How did that happen? Good Gabbers, thank you. Thank you for building this uh, uh, into what it is now. And today we get to meet the sponsors of Good Gab. Uh, Nicole cuts the checks. Brian signs them. So, Nicole, Brian, it's just great to see you. How's your morning going? So far, so good. It's a beautiful yeah. day outside. Yeah, is it? Going great. Summer, uh, a little summer coming early. Is that what's happening? We're, we're officially into two seasons, winter and summer. <laughs> it's the Northwest way. It seems to be that right now, yeah. Well, I know we've uh, talked a lot about Skillskin on the podcast, um, but I don't know if everyone knows, you know, exactly what we do. So, you know, Brian, tell us a little bit about Skillskin. What do we do? Uh, we do whatever will employ adults with disabilities and make money because we don't, we're not a charity. We're fee for service. We're very much like a traditional business uh, with uh, and we're a 501c3, and the reason why we're a 501c3 is because the vast majority of our employees and our services are all around employing and supporting individuals with disabilities. Heck yeah. So what does that look like on the ground? Like, Nicole, like, what, what does that look like day to day when, you know, you're supporting, you know, folks with disabilities? How do you do it? Oh, well... First of all, part of our operations actually employs people directly. So we are an employer. Uh, we are on multiple Air Force bases. We do some commercial services work. Uh, so it's just really impactful to be able to provide employment to people, employment opportunities. So Air Force bases? I know. It's crazy. <laughs> so we yeah. are, so if you are out at Fairchild, uh, we're doing, we're working in the dining halls and we are doing grounds work and custodial work out there. We're also in Great Falls, Montana, and Cheyenne, Wyoming. So we've been doing it for a number of years on those Air Force bases. Yeah, that's incredible that the uh, federal government, you know, entrusts us to take care of them. Like, yeah. how did this all start, Brian? Uh, Skillskin started as the pre-vocational training center in, in 1970 by parents of uh, adult children who had graduated from high school and then they learned that there was nothing available to their their children. So it started uh, as the pre-vocational tra training center uh, and it was a place where individuals could could gain skills and hopefully find employment. Oftentimes that employment uh, ended up being with the pre-vocational training center and in the late 1970s, um, they, re they received their first Ability One contract, I think it was 1976, uh, and it was for janitorial at Fairchild Air Force Base. So that really launched the organization 
not only um, from a financial stability standpoint, but also really being able to employ a lot more people. And so that's really the, the genesis of where uh, current day SkillScan um, you know, evolved from. It was parents who cared about their children and they wanted them to be part of something. And we all get to enjoy that, that social aspects of work. And in many cases, individuals with disabilities then and even now don't get to enjoy that. And, and that's really what we do. We open that door for individuals, adults with disabilities to be able to enjoy you know, the social component of work, the financial component of work, the integration in your community that comes when you have cash that you can spend. That's really what we do. Well, how's that play out like on an individual level? I think the important part is that a lot of the times we're an individual's first job. Yeah. They may not have been employed anywhere else before coming to us, which, I mean, we've all had first jobs <laughs> and gone through that process. So it's really exciting to, to give people an opportunity to do that. And not even a job, but how do you ride the bus to work every day? All of those things that we a lot of the times take for granted. Uh, we get to help people find their way. And I think a big, I mean, one of our, our, our biggest beliefs is that we, we may just be a stop in their process, that this is a first job and we're just gonna help them succeed and grow to their next position. I love that's what we do, right? Yeah, we can just be that stepping stone to you know the, the next part of their life. Yeah, I think when you think about it, uh, in the high schools are the significant investment being made through schools and culminating in high school, and, and it's about job readiness. But a, a big part of being successful in employment is having the value and understanding the meaning of having a job. You know, so oftentimes, I mean, we're the ones that show individuals what does accountability look like Absolutely. in a job. You know, that means showing up every day, showing up on time, uh, caring about your work, being able to take feedback, uh, and, and working well with others. I mean, that, that is something that is very significant to what we do and often overlooked uh, in, through the social service lens. I think which, I also find when people support each other and, and when people come to that realization that if I don't show up today, somebody else has to do that job. And then yep. taking that into account and going, oh, well, maybe I am feeling well enough to go to work today. And yeah, so that's, a, that's a really great point. I love it when I, when I hear from, from team members that they, they're not necessarily feeling that great that day, but they didn't want to let their teams down. That totally happens. That happens every week, right? And something that maybe um, I might have taken for granted because I'm but what we're showing that through example to all of our employees and they're feeling that team environment, mm -hmm. that connection. That's where friendships yeah. come from too, right? Like, cause you aren't letting them down. <laughs> You're right. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of benefits. Uh, having a job cures a lot of ills. Well, that's something that I, I personally love about our organization is that idea that, you know, a job isn't just about the money, right? It's a lot more, you know. What's your view on that? Well, I think money is important. <laughs> but I definitely yes. hear what you're saying. Uh, I think it just it gives you value. Hmm. So if you've ever been unemployed, and that, that can really hit your self-esteem um, and cause you just 
just negative thoughts within your own head. It's happened to me when I've been unemployed. Yeah. Absolutely. That's human. And so once you have a job, it gives you that sense of purpose and you're contributing to an organization and you're contributing to your future. And I think that's just highly impactful for everybody. Um, similar to what Nicole said, I mean, in the line of work we do and in the, the, um, the governmental um, and aspects of employment for persons with disabilities, they really focus on integration into the community. And I can tell you, you're never more integrated than if you have money to spend. Absolutely true. I mean, we had an employee uh, who tragically uh, got, uh, was involved in, he was walking across North Division and uh, a pickup truck hit him and they never found, you know, and, and ended up killing him, uh, which was incredibly sad. But at his uh, memorial, uh, it was a testament to just how connected he was to his community because, you know, he had, he had money. He showed up at a certain restaurant every day for coffee and toast before he went to work. And there were people from all walks of life who had, who had come to his memorial, you know, to, to, to tell us just who Randy was. And it was just, I mean, the integration thing is what really makes me proud of what we do. Uh, and it take it may take a while, you know, to get, but that's that's really just one component of what we do. Nicole touched on it because money is important, and it and it's important in so many different ways. But in my mind, it's that integration component that really makes it valuable. Well, yeah. Once you start to get into a relationship with people in your community, I mean, it's just natural for them to start to care about you too. Just like I'm going to go to the same exact uh, checkout person at my local grocery store in Medical Lake. It's like, I love her. It's like, I want to know more. We're going to tell some stories. It's going to be a really uh, awesome, you know, three minutes. And and we just get to do that, you know, every week. And that's it's a, just a great feeling. And so, yeah, when people get to be exposed and understanding others' perspective, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, I think sometimes we minimize how important like being able to go to a place of work and, and create friendship with those individuals. And I mean, we all do it. And, and so it's exciting to go to work every day. If you know that the people that you're going to work with are fun and friendly and they support you, that's, that's really important. And then that also carries into your social life and into your personal life. And it's not just work related. I saw a great example of that when you uh, all brought me into the organization and I was helping support the commercial services operations. Uh, one of uh, parents of one of the, our employees just was like, hey, thank you for what you're doing. And I was like, oh, yeah, we got a job. You know, everything's going good. They're like, no, he has friends. And I just, I, di I didn't get it, right? And it was just, it was so impactful to that family because this uh, individual had, you know, loved to play music and kind of hung out with his family only. And all of a sudden they were, you know, doing this monthly lunch that just kind of naturally popped up just like it would for any of us, right? At workplace, you're going to meet people, similar interests. And it was like the world shifted for that family. And I was like, man, I take this for granted. And I just, I love that about, uh, you know, what we do. We get to, you know, be a witness to that kind of, uh, you know, magic. Yeah, you mentioned friends. I think that's the other big part is that, um, or with family, we're also 
a safe environment for families to let their children or family member come into an organization that's a safe place for them. So they may be concerned, they may be not want their person to, to work out in the, to get a job because they're concerned about how they may be treated and they know that we're a safe place. So they're more willing to, to let their individual kind of explore their options. And we, I mean, all of our operations managers interact with family members and yep. guardians and build those relationships so that they can trust that the person that they care about is going to a good place. I think you touched on something really interesting, Nicole, because that's like the first, you know, oftentimes that's the first hurdle, you know, that we have to be able to clear to get an employee on board. And it's often, and it's really uh, rewarding and it shows um, and enjoyable when the parents, you know, will follow up at some point later and just say, I, I he's, he or she, I didn't know that they were this accountable. I mean, that, that they would, you know, that this is so meaningful to them. I and mean, we were worried that they could even do it, you know, and, and we've seen a whole different person, <laughs> we've seen a whole different person, you know, emerge from, Know, our child who we questioned whether they could work. I mean, and that story is not uncommon, right? It's happening every day across our operations. And so, yeah, if you have, you know, maybe a child or a friend and you're referring, uh, you know, to SkillSkin, you know, what can a parent expect? Uh, you know, what kind of supports could they expect if they say, yep, I'm ready. I'm going to encourage my, my kid to go to work. You want to take that first, Nicole? Sure. <laughs> uh, first, I would say that, same thing, I mean, a few items that we've talked about. One, accountability, that yes, we are going to hold people accountable, but we're also going to teach them what that looks like. And, and so, yes, you have to be at work at 8 o'clock. And yes, you have to work till noon or 4, whatever your end time is. And throughout those times that you are working, we expect you to, to do your job and, and work really hard and give 100%. But we also have supervisors and managers really helping people understand what that looks like. It's not just telling them, oh, yeah, you're going to go out onto the floor and, and do this job. I mean, we are giving them the tools to be successful and then holding them accountable on the other end. And I think that's really important. And, and building up, I mean, we have supervisors and assistant managers. Everybody is participating in this individual's success. So it really becomes up to them if they want to to be successful and yeah it's exciting to watch heck yeah we're really good at uh creating opportunities right we're going to empower the individual give them choice a lot of opportunity i just i love that what's what we do brian you're shaking your head it's like this is uh you've been in this business now for quite some time i mean this is year what 11 no what longer um it's i'm working on my 13th year 13. So yeah, you've seen a lot of change. You've seen change in the Ability One program, you know, the SkillSkin participates in. What are some of the things that, you know, that you're just real proud of, you know, for SkillSkin and, and, you know, what we're doing in that time that you've, you know, been supporting and leading the organization? Well, that's actually, a, I think, a fairly easy question because what I'm, what I'm most proud is, is that SkillSkin is a values-driven culture. And I mean, that's it. It was, it was such a vastly different company when I started. Uh, and now people understand why they're there. Uh, and they, they 
off, and if their values don't align with ours, I mean, ultimately they're they're really kind of subtly encouraged by the culture, you know, to to not be there. And, and when you have people who are accountable and they live with integrity, uh, and they respect diversity, and they seek innovation, and they absolutely need relationships, you know, and they respond to relationships. Because those are our values. Um, it's a completely different. It's a completely different place, and and I I joked with a colleague of mine uh, one time that because he, he was in in this purpose movement, so the science of the purpose of work, and and I said to him that you know I had a vision of what a company could be, but I never really thought it would come true, um, and it has come true. I mean, and that's what I'm proud of at SkillScan. We our values are not situational. We don't use them when it's convenient and ignore them when it's not. They are they guide our work lives. They guide our decision making. They guide our, our our the supports we provide for individuals. So that that's what I'm most proud of. Heck yeah! Like uh, there's a lot of power in that values based leadership culture. I know when I came on board, um, I was suspect. Right? I'm like, where am I? How does this play out? And I, I remember one of the most impactful things, the, uh, you know, it was the first month and a half or two months there is when we found all the money in the laundry, in our laundry department. And I started with Nicole. I came up to Nicole. I was like, hey, I want to, you know, buy some pizza for everybody. And with this money, we found the laundry. And she looked at me and she's like, that's not our money. And it just, it just shook me because I was like, what? Well, you know, just money in a laundry machine. She's like, no, that's not our money. We got to figure out how to give it back. And I remember walking downstairs because I was kind of like, okay, this is, I didn't quite understand. And I walked to your office. I was like, hey, Brian, you know, um, you know, this isn't our money. And I'm here and, you know, what are you thinking? And you're like, yeah, this isn't our money. <laughs> and that's when it really started to, you know, I started to understand. I was like, oh, we make our decisions through the very front line of something all the way to big, you know, questions about the direction of the company. It's based on these company values. And I, I remember calling my dad later that night too, because I was like, dad, Hey, I'm working with this new job. This is what's going on. He just laughed at me. He's like, well, duh, it's not your money. <laughs> so I was like, I had to really look inside. Right. Cause it was like, what about me? What about my personal values that, you know, I thought it was different. And so it was cool because I got to evolve. I got to, you know, be shaped by these moments. And like you were just saying earlier, it's like some people, you know, evolve into fitting into the culture because in sharing those values and some just don't and that's a natural process and that's okay i love that it makes it really easy <laughs> for your decisions so even if you've got these really big decisions to make if you just boil it down and look at your values it just makes the decision that much easier because you're not trying to make it more complicated you just look at your values and make your decisions from there it's easier to make the decisions, but oftentimes the, the follow-up to that decision will be harder. But it still feels, it feels better, it feels fulfilling, and it feels right to, 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 to follow our values and, and let them be our guide. I think that's an incredible opportunity for you know, someone who wants to come and work for SkillSkin. Um, because if you're you know, working in our janitorial staff, uh, supporting uh, the Air Force, or... 
you're down at the federal courthouse just across the street from us today and supporting them, you're going to get to see what this looks like because it, it definitely is talked about, you know, with our managers our in all operations right down to, you know, people doing the work. And I think that's a neat opportunity for someone to experience that and know that that's the world that they could live in, you know. Yeah. Many of us learn by through experience, and I, I like to think, uh, and I've shared the thought that uh, when you leave Skillskin, you will you will have friends, but you will also know what it's like to work at, you know, a a a functional values-driven company. You know, it will set your expectations for the the next place that you will work. Yeah, we can be that drop in the pond as uh, people, you know, move to their next opportunities like that. Nicole, how long have you been with the organization? Oh, I just rolled over 12 years. Nice. Yeah, y'all, we're kind of done this together. I, I jumped on about six years ago, so I got half the time. And yeah, how did you uh, get to Skillskin? Oh, goodness. Uh, so I, I'm originally from Canada. I'm a Canadian citizen. All right. And I came down to the U.S. in 2008, and right when everything was crashing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to find a job, and that didn't happen. Uh, so I went back to Whitworth, and I got my MBA at Whitworth. And fortunately, as soon as I finished the program, I got a job with Skillskin within like a week of finishing that. And Perfect was, timing. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Uh, and came into the accounting department. Skillskin had just created a new position, and so I came in there. Uh, and then within a couple of years, the CFO had moved on, and I just sort of transitioned into that role over the next year or two. That's awesome. Yeah. Brian, were you on that hiring team when Nicole walked through the door? Uh, I was not. No. Okay, yeah. You got to see the magic later. All right, well, here's the real question, Nicole. Um, you know, our listeners, they need to know, what province? <laughs> I was uh, born in British Columbia, oh, <laughs> or I lived in British Columbia most of the time. Yes. Nice. Okay. Well, that will keep you. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, just it's a such a a dynamic team. The work that you know Skillskin's doing, and I think we're trying to create more opportunities. You have anything on the horizon that you know where we're trying to create more jobs? I asked this because I already have the answer, everybody. But <laughs> Well, I just want to know what Steve has to say then. Well, I just want to point out, Steve, that's why I hired you. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Well, I know like our, our, the laundry that we're working on right now. I mean, I think that's one of the coolest things. We started doing our own laundry, right? This is a decade ago. Like, yeah, let's see if we can make some more jobs. And then we've, you know, created, uh, you know, more capacity, started taking on, you know, uniforms, working with Kaiser Aluminum, uh, long-term partnership. And now we're working with hotels. Uh, Dana Devine, our executive producer, uh, her day job is uh, sales and recruitment and uh, helping uh, bring some people in and bring in legit hotels to the table now. So now we're, we have this boutique, you know, business where we really fit a need in the market and we're just creating opportunities for people to have jobs and learning on, you know, state-of-the-art equipment. The same stuff that we're using, you could go any laundry in America, and, th and that individual could know how to start it, fold it, get everything ironed. I just, I love that. 
And we have a really ginormous iron there, which is the <laughs> coolest thing ever to see. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. Well, prior to my chapter at SkillScan, I was involved in a lot of small business startups and things of that nature. I'll tell you what I love, Steve, you know, is, is that the fact that we work with a hotel refinishing their furniture to make it look brand new and from 10 feet away, it looks brand new, and saving them hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, we, we, we do assembly for a variety of entrepreneurial companies, some local, some not, where, we're, where, we, where we do the assembly and then the procurement. I mean, it's just those smaller projects that create jobs are just so much fun to see come through the door. But, you know, we need to have, and, and it's great to have, like, the laundry because it's the one that really pays the bills. But it's the small contracts, it's the small work that's really exciting to see because we have to—we're the ones that have to figure out how to do it. Yes, we do, and we'll—and we will figure it out. Yeah, yeah, and not to mention—I mean, we've had a 25-year relationship with Kaiser Aluminum, doing production for them. Yeah, on a critical product, by the way. Yeah, the, if our stuff fails, it's the difference between aircraft parts and aluminum foil. So yeah, we got to make it right. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, in. And the way that we get to interact with our community, too, right? Like, we don't ask, you know, people for direct donations. It's not what we do. Uh, we're fee-for-service. And if you want to help support uh, individuals, you know, with disabilities, help create a new job. Bring us an opportunity. If you have a problem in your manufacturing process or you can't get something put together, uh, you know, call us up. We can build things out of nothing. You mentioned the furniture refinishing. That was just an idea. Like, hey, can you do this? We put a business plan together. We put the pricing together. Worked for everybody. Boom. We build a, you know, we build it from scratch. And we can do that for anything you're doing. I think we also need to touch on that we also do employment services. So yes. helping people find jobs in the community. So same thing. If you're a business and you're having hiring struggles, uh, we help people come in. We help them do resume building and job development and job coaching. So if you hire an individual and they need just a little bit extra help to, to learn their job, we provide those services as well, which is amazing. Um, How would a business get involved with that? Like the, they have a need. Who do they call? Uh, so our employment services department uh, can assist. And so Toby Bromling is our VP of, of state operations in there. And so all of our contact information, of course, is on our website. Uh, so they can, they can go on there or they can call Brian Beeler directly. I'll pick up the phone. He's <laughs> good at delegating. Call. Yeah, just, <laughs> just call. Well, the, other, the flip side of that, too, what a business can do, because oftentimes businesses are reluctant to hire individuals with disabilities because they just don't know how it will work. Come on in and see how we make it work. I mean, it's, That's a great point. You can see it. You can see it. You, you can see it. And oftentimes, it's, diversity of the workforce makes the entire workforce more, more productive. Because we talked about it earlier, the, the social component. I mean, and when you're when you're meeting somebody whose life experiences have been different and their challenges have been different, you know, it, it's eye opening and maybe help you put you as a fellow employee may may be able to put your life into better perspective. But yeah, if a business is is curious or 
come on in, give us a call and come on in and see how we do it. So some of those fears uh, that a business might have, uh, maybe we can just help alleviate some of it right now. What, what are some of the fears that we hear, you know, uh, frequently? I know accommodations are expensive. For sure. That's always said, right? Or we don't understand accommodations. What's a typical accommodation look like in the work environment? I'll throw one out there. A standing desk. Whoa. You know, this is not big dollars. And that kind of accommodation where someone can get their body moving and done. Um, I, I've got another great one. I, I recently presented at one of our challenge coins to one of our employees, and she wanted to say a few words, and, and she was grateful that we hired her uh, with her knowing whether or not she could do the job or not. So the accommodation, and she's doing, and she's doing great. She does a great job. She owns her job. Uh, but that accommodation was instead of a 10-minute break, Every two hours, give her a fifteen-minute break so she could man- so she could manage and increase her stamina. And guess what? She's now in a ten-minute break. Right. I mean, but she was she was flabbergasted that there was somebody who would listen to what she needed. Anything come to mind for you, Nicole? Um, I was just trying to think. I was thinking about the a little bit of extra time on a break, mm-hmm. maybe potentially more breaks, but shorter amount of time. So just if somebody needs to sit down for a minute or two to, to rest for a little bit longer. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we're, we get so rigid in our views on uh, one break every four hours for 15 minutes. That's what it has to be. That really, the flexibility is not that big of a deal. Exactly. And so so we accommodate people a little bit more. I mean, we're we're doing it now with, with remote work for, for um, some of our admin staff. In the grand scheme of things, not that big of a deal. So I think that's the that's what we're learning, and what businesses are learning as well. That we we don't have to be so rigid in our view on what employees need anymore. Heck yeah, we're yeah. If you don't think you're doing accommodations, you already are. Think of the you know the person who's got to leave a little early to go pick up their kid from school because the bus doesn't go to their house and they come in a little early. That's an accommodation. Yeah, so don't be afraid. Yeah, please give us an opportunity. Learn more. Well, I just, I think that's a, truly, that's an incredible um, part of what we do is we can educate businesses. What about training of young people? We recently uh, started working with high school kids and I don't know, about six years ago, I remember, Brian, you, you stood up on our leadership meeting and you were like, we're not talking about, you know, with our youth about jobs. We're not talking about work young enough. And I remember it was me and you asked all of us, you know, hey, when did your parents start asking you about work? And, you know, I remember saying it was like from the time I could actually understand around the campfire. Nicole, really young, right? 13. Right. And how about you? Uh, I was probably eight. And that's seven. Exactly. And that's that's a normal thing. But for some reason uh, in the world of disability, parents aren't having that conversation. And so, you know, us as an organization trying to, you know, step in and support that conversation. I, I think that can be really impactful, 
you know, for, for our youth. So what are some of the things that we're doing on the day to day to help move that needle? Well, we uh, we are actually in a lot of schools, actually, as a as I guess you would call it a paraeducator. And we we run what's called a pre-ETS, which is pre-employment training services. So we're actively engaged you know, with uh, various schools throughout the Spokane area. And then something else that we do is we will often, uh, through that avenue, but then also through just outreaching and building relationships through schools, we will we will offer to have a lot of what our operations managers come into the classroom and talk about, about work, what they do, what does a job look like. Uh, and, and that has, we found, to be very valuable for the educator and for the, and for the students. Uh, and then on top of that, we, we just had our first uh, event for the community, which, is, which we call Tracks to Success, and which we're gonna have another one in October. Uh, it, it's around you know all the unknowns of work. So if you have questions about services, if you have questions about what a job is, if you have you know, questions about you know finances, we brought those experts uh, and those informed sources to the table you know for individuals to get answers. So we're, we're, we're our value of relationship you know has really guided us into pushing deeper and deeper. We have, we have a very strong relationship with the Isaac Foundation, you know, and do similar, you know, outreach to them and their parents. We had Heidi on the podcast. Yeah. Some we of the did. biggest laughs I've got, actually. Thanks, Heidi. Holly. <laughs> Holly. Holly. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we'll cut that. We might want to cut that <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, we should. <laughs> Heidi, who's dur, Heidi? Dur, dur. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, those are the kinds of things that we do on a on a day to day basis, and it, it, it it's in almost you know every other week it, it's in our leadership conversations about what we're doing because, I mean, that is the future of those are future employees, or those are future clients that we and the earlier we can form a relationship with them, the better we'll be able to support them. And, and uh, Nicole said it earlier, we don't expect to be, we don't expect people to come to us for their first job and spend their career with us. I mean, I'm a good example. My prior to SkillSkin, my average tenure was like two years on a job. I mean, what, 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 and so I think we should expect someone to have multiple chapters. Yes. Let set them up for the chapters in their career with a really great first chapter. I have to share a story, though, because I think it's the most exciting one. So uh, at, at the Tracks to Success event, we have an employee who is on one of our billboards, and he saw his poster, his face on this billboard that day, and he was off the charts excited to be on this billboard and had to show everybody that he was on there. And then a few weeks later, he actually participated in one of the school events to go and talk to the students about work at SkillSkin and what it's like for him. And so it, it kind of served both purposes. It gave these kids a look at at an employee and got them a chance to ask questions, along with one of our employees being completely impacted to talk about SkillSkin and what it's it's done for his life as well. So I think that's just a, an amazing story to, to get us in front of the kids. So it's not just our managers in front of the kids, but actually real employees can talk about what's happening. That's yeah. powerful. Yeah, somebody in front of them who they could envision, I mean, they, had a lot of the same life experiences as, as those students were having. Yep. 
Yeah, that's that's a. I'm glad you brought that up, Nicole. That's a great. That is a great story. Well, those are kind of the some of the opportunities that we really can see when you know an employee comes to Skillskin. So, you know, good gabbers when you you know are thinking about someone in your life, maybe your child, maybe friends, family. You know, help them. You know, with this opportunity by bring them to Skillskin. Learn more. See what we can do. Nicole, Brian, I'm real curious, you know, for Spokane, what are you excited about this community? Is there anything that's happening here that's special that you, you feel are really going to support, you know, the disability community? That's a, that's really a, a, a deep question. Um, that's what we do here on this podcast. <laughs> Thank uh, you for sponsoring it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, w one of the things that I'm really excited about right now, and this is real time, uh, is the consortium that's being pulled together to address homelessness. Because it, it, when you dig into the details, you'll see a, a lot of um, intellectual disabilities, mental health disabilities. Uh, and so that's the population that that we want to support through employment. And, and we, can only, we, we are not the wraparound service. We are part of that wraparound service. You know, we can help make them successful in employment, which could be the difference from going from, instead of emergency housing to supported housing. You know, the job is that critical component. So that's, that's very exciting. And I, other and what what else is exciting to me is to see some of some of our peer companies out there, you know, in, encouraging the parents that they work with to 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 not put the expectation for their child with a disability below their expectations for their other children who may not have a disability. Here, here. That's where it comes from, you know, and and that's what I you know am excited about is it's getting. It's going deeper and earlier into the education system about, you know, talking with, about employment and encouraging parents to set those values. Yeah, Nicole, you're part of all sorts of organizations in town. You know, seeing disability, you know, be talked about like oh, a lot. Uh, and I think, I mean, just like Brian said, it really ties into homelessness and and participating in, and really putting those two things together because they aren't completely separate events in a, in a person's life. Yep. So they just naturally work together. So if we're really good at employment, then it just makes sense to be part of that homelessness conversation and being able to support where we can. I would also agree. I think the schools, getting in front of the schools, and a lot of businesses are doing this as well, that that's where we need to get in. And a lot of people, they'll, they finish school, and if they're not getting those conversations at that time, then they just transition right to their home. Yep. And so you have to get them before they've gotten to just where they're sitting at home all day. And we need to get in front of them sooner to introduce them to this whole other world that's out there. It's a big vision. I love it. That's the Spokane way, right? We partner. We look who's doing something really well. Let them run <laughs> and see how we can do it together. Yeah, the, uh, we should let the cat out of the bag right now on the homelessness conversation. Uh, we're starting something right here in Spokane, Washington, where we, you know, we notice that 
a lot of people living in low-income housing, you know, are, are people living with disabilities. They're on federal benefits. And, you know, the vast majority aren't working one hour a week. And, you know, Skillskin started to understand that problem. And we've uh, partnered with Catholic Charities here locally. And we're building a program to help people come out of their apartment doors. Because it's what we do every day, right? We have lots of people working four hours a week. We understand that. We understand the benefits, Cliff, that happens. If you work too much, you lose your housing. You might uh, lose your medical benefits. We got that. So this, this natural thing that Skillskin's a part of, pairing it with a major issue in our community, is starting to get some traction. And we're presenting this idea at a national level. Uh, shoot, we go out next week, get to talk in L.A. about this. Um, we're uh, finalists at Catholic Charities USA uh, for scaling this idea across the country. So, yeah, that's the other part of it. You come to work for Skillskin, you know, you get to be a part of big things. And, you know, the Spokane community definitely gets to benefit there. Yeah, Steve, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, that's, that's really exciting. And, and, and one of the reasons why it's, it's exciting and rewarding to me is because it aligns with our value of relationships. So here we have two, you know, two, really a couple of opportunities through the relationship with Catholic Charities. They have the opportunity to bring, you know, other Catholic charity entities across the country, you know, into the know on this program. And then we, through our relationships, nationally with the Ability One program, you know, we can bring, it's something like 400 different nonprofits around the country, you know, who would be, you know, playing the role we're playing with, with, the, with Catholic Charities here locally. So it's, it's really ends up being, you know, the seed is local, you know, but the fruit is, is very viable and the fruit is going to be national. It's from those relationships that we, that we have or we're aligned with that can really make, could make this thing, you know, a, a model that can roll out nationally. That, that's just super exciting to me. Heck yeah, we can help a lot of people. Yeah, no one knows the Ability One program unless you've been in it, experienced it, or you're working in it. Or if you are a federal entity, you definitely know the Ability One program. It's a billion dollar business. You know, uh, almost 43 billion, Brian's saying, holy smokes. And almost 40,000 uh, individuals living with disabilities working in this world from building the parachutes to American flags to any service you can think of. I mean, we're managing total facilities across the country. It's, it's really, really cool what our, our business is. It, it is really, it is really cool. And it's always, it's great when I go visit our teams and I see the, uh, the relationships that our teams have with whether it be military personnel or civilians working in uh, the federal building. I mean, because we, we clean the federal building here in town. And to know that our frontline employees have relationships with judges. Oh, I mean, yeah. How, how cool is that? I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, we just, uh, Miss Waldruff sent us a note. You know, this is a federal prosecutor who knows Skillskin, who knows our folks by name and is appreciative of what we do. That's cool. I think that also hmm. shows that people with disabilities are doing jobs all across this country. So if you are a commercial company, they can work for you too. 
yep. you, you don't have to be afraid and concerned about what that looks like in your organization. Just give it a shot because you never know what people can do until you give them a chance. Well, you heard it here. Give people a chance. Give us a call. Give us SkillSkin a chance to, you know, show you a different world and uh, expand your opportunities. Nicole, Sounds Brian, good. it's been so nice to have you here. We could talk all day. Too bad we don't have more time. It Any took... parting thoughts? Glad to be part of the Good Gab uh, in episode 38. Thanks for signing those checks. <laughs> Thanks for cutting them, Nicole. <laughs> Will do.